0: Good evening. (laughs) Everybody have a good Thanksgiving? I'm still feeling the effects of that turkey. (laughs) Do we have any chickens in the place who have been hatching, (laughs) triumphing over fear? Do we have any in the house? Anybody gaining anything from this? Well, we got one, we got two, three, Four, okay. Well, five, six, seven. All right, I'm going for it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we are so grateful to you for your word. We thank you that you have called us to be the family of God. Part of the family is here on earth and part of it's in heaven. But together we are all called by your name, Christ. We thank you for that. We thank you, Father, that the words that will be spoken tonight, will be Holy Spirit-inspired. We thank you, Father, that the ears are open, the hearts are attentive, and, Father, whatever is in here might be applied to each person here as you know their hearts and their spirits. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as you are familiar with, uh, our text is in Second Timothy Chapter 1, verse 7. Has anybody memorized it? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And the, uh, for the last four weeks, we did a lot of talking about fear, how it uh, grabs a hold of us, how stress and worrying all have come from that, and that God does not want us worrying. Uh, no matter what we see, what we hear, he has given us the word of faith that we may overcome that spirit of fear that tries to mess with our lives. And First um, John 4.18 says, there is no fear in Come on. In what? Love. Love. Yeah. Okay. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And we love him because he first loved us. So uh, with the overheads, can we have the one that says keys to deliverance? There it is. Wrong one. Uh, It's keys to deliverance from fear and bondage. It's what we had, I think, last week or the week before. There it is. Okay, so uh, as we've been talking about deliverance, we were seeing that there were certain things that you can do to overcome fears in your life. And sometimes those fears can be very subtle. And that's why the closer you are in the word, the more quickly you will sense it. But we talked about meditation and standing on the word. We talked about the joy of the Lord. Uh, I want to tell you something that um, I learned at a conference that I went to. And I use this whenever fear tries to come on me or something bad or... You know, something isn't going my way. I give myself a boo-hoo. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. And then I go, ha-ha, ha-ha, ha-ha. And it chases the ha-ha, the, the chases the boo-boo away. <laughs> so if nothing else, you've got a little trick <laughs> to do. Okay, then faith in action, that means you're, you're taking the word and you're walking it out. Praise and thanksgiving is a marvelous way to get set free. Uh, Trust and confidence in the word and then draw near to God and he draws near to you. And so uh, I also spoke about five R's to victory. Can we get that one up? In case anybody didn't mark it down and is taking notes. Yeah. The first thing we do is we have to recognize the thought that's coming. Then we can reject it, or we could say, rebuke it, and say, Well, that's not God, so we can let that go. And uh, rebuke, replace. What are you replacing? You're replacing the fear with the appropriate scripture that countermands the fear that's come against you. And then you rejoice. Ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. <laughs> Um, Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about more keys to overcoming the spirit of fear. Has anybody uh, encountered any fear or slight tingling of fear this week? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm just kind of curious because I know I have, and I recognized it right away. And since I'm teaching on it, I figure I better take care of it, So, so I did. But anyway... The first thing that you have to do uh, in uprooting the spirit of fear is to make a quality decision. You know what I mean by quality? It's a decision that you make with the intent of your heart to keep to that word. And uh, that you will not allow that spirit of fear to dominate you. It's a crushing type of feeling when fear comes in and tries to dominate you. And you have to make the decision because God has already made the decision. So it's up to you to place your faith to accept God's word and to reject fear the moment it occurs. Recognize that you have to know that God is for you. Psalm 118 through the Living Bible, verse 5. In my distress, I cried to the Lord. Anybody ever been there? I have been a few times, more than I want to say. And he has answered me and rescued me. He is for me. Say that, God is for me. me. Again, God is for For me. me. Because a lot of people believe that... uh, He isn't. He's just out to get them. And so we have to determine when we make that quality decision that we understand God is for us. When we pray, he answers. When we need rescuing, he rescues. He is for us. So how can we be afraid? That's the question. What can mere man do to me? The Lord is on my side. He will help me. So let those who help hate me be aware. In other words, there's going to be a vengeance taken out by God on those who do us wrong and never do anything about making it right. Sorry about that, but anyway. So when fear tries to get its nasty little fingers around your mind, you have to say something. Take your hand off my life. Take your hand off my mind, and I refuse to be afraid of anything I have already been redeemed from. Amen. Amen. Have we been redeemed from fear? We've been given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So here's an example from 1 Samuel 17. David versus Goliath. Well, no one wanted to face that Philistine, right? He was... uh, he was pretty big, pretty ugly, pretty mean. And um, how tall, Bruce, did they say he was? About over eight feet. Over eight feet. Uh, I've seen seven feeders, but not an eight-feeder. <laughs> so, uh, and so everyone in the in the uh, Israel camp was afraid to go against this uncircumcised Philistine uh, Goliath. And so David comes on the scene, and he says, what's what's with you, brothers, and and why are you letting this Philistine mouth against our true God? Why are you letting him defy the armies of Israel? Don't you know who is our God? And so David begins to talk his faith. And he says, well, I'm going up against this Philistine. If nobody else will, I will. And they question him, how can you do that? And he says, well, I've killed a bear and I've killed a lion. I'm going to kill this guy. And so the Philistine is still raising Cain and saying, oh, you're all afraid. You're all afraid of me and we're going to kill you and then you'll be our slaves. David talked his faith. Who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine, to talk against the God of the Israelites? I'm going to come up there and I'm going to take your head off. And I'll show the whole world that there's a God in Israel. That's pretty bold faith. Amen. Amen. See, he knew, in essence, that he was in covenant with God. That God would not let him go out there and be what's the word I want to use, wiped out, <laughs> because I'm sure that he knew on the inside of him, God was there and God was strong inside of him, and so you know the rest of the story. Goliath goes down, and off with his head. Okay, and um, that's the way it should be with us and the devil. We should be, well, let's put it this way. When you get up in the morning, the devil should say, oh, no, she's awake again. Yeah. <laughs> but I find that most Christians are afraid of the devil and the demons and the things that come against them. But we are mighty warriors. Say, I'm a mighty warrior. Mighty warrior. Anybody believe it? Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay. And so the word says, if we submit to God, we will resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, 5. So what is one of the weapons that we have here if we are still making a quality decision? The shield of faith. Ephesians 6, 14. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That sounds like armor, doesn't it? Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So if you have your armor on, you're waking up and the devil says, oh no, she's awake, he's awake. And you say, I'll put on the armor of God. I'm shod with all of this armor, and the devil doesn't see a difference between you and God because you look alike, and then you start talking the word. He says, sounds alike, must be God, because Jesus' words in your mouth coming out against him is just the same as if Jesus had spoken it. So you want to wave your sword, your two-edged sword, with the word of God and speak nothing but faith-filled words. Understand God's protection. So when you go through tough times and you don't have to believe for them, they will come because we are in this world. Uh, (laughs) Don't add your faith for the tough times, you know, except against it. And so the Bible says Isaiah forty three one through three. Fear not. Somebody ought to do a investigation, maybe me, on how many times in the Bible we are told fear not. It's how many? Three hundred sixty-five. Really? So there's one for every day. Fear not. I knew somebody would know. For I have redeemed you, ransomed you by paying a price instead of leaving, leaving you as a captive. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Hallelujah. So when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. That's good because I don't know how to swim. So when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched, nor will the flame Kindle on you, or it says in another version, you won't even smell the smoke through the fire that you've been through. And he says, I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Number of years ago, I was in uh, Jamaica and uh, I was with a team and I was up there and I had been singing, and um, afterwards. The, uh, the evangelist was giving a word almost to everybody on the platform except me. And I thought, oh, well, you know, no word for me. And uh, all of a sudden, a pastor stands up out there. It was uh, Garland Black. And he comes to me, he says, come here, sister. Didn't know my name. Come here, sister. He said, while you were singing, I saw a light come down from heaven. I'm thinking, yeah. (laughs) And he says, and so I want you to take a look at these people. So I looked at the people. And he says, no, I want you to really look at the people because you'll be coming back here again and again and again. I said, oh, wow, that sounds great, you know. I had not yet been out on my own. Uh, I was just serving as team members. And then he goes on to say, So fear not, for the fire will come and the floods will come, but you'll be okay because you are my precious one. Okay, well, that sounds like a good word, especially the part about coming back. I go back home, and the next three years, I can tell you, were demon possessed. It was horrible. It was, um, how many deaths did we have in three years? We had Sean, huh? Sean, your mom, my mom. Oh, you lost a job. So we were unemployed for about a year. Then we decided to sell the house. So you got a job up in Kansas and decided that we should sell the house. And I was there by myself in that house, feeling sorry for myself. Feeling all alone, worrying, what now? You know, what's going to happen next? You know, like the other shoe is going to fall. I sat on the bed, just a weeping and a crying, and I cried out to God, and He rescued me. He told me, "Fear not; you will see the light at the end of the tunnel." And I couldn't even begin to praise. It was just, I don't know, God, what's going on. I don't understand why all of this has happened and all so close together. So I just trust you. I just trust you. And I had no idea what I was saying. I had no idea that trust was faith. I learned that a few years later from Lester Summerall. (laughs) And um, all I knew is that God was still there. He had not forsaken me. He would never leave me. And uh, he is the Lord my God, the Holy One of Israel. He is my refuge. He is my safety net. Hallelujah. So we're still talking about God's protection I want you to look at Psalm 91. And I'm, I'm going to uh, personalize it as I would read it out for myself. Hildi dwells in the secret holy place of the Most High God. She abides under the shadow, that means close. When you see a shadow, it's got to be close, right? Of the Almighty. Hilde will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. All the time. Protection, verses 3 through 8. Surely he, God, shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. That's contagion. It could be contagion of sin. It could be contagion of sickness. He shall and does cover me with his feathers, and under his wings I shall take refuge. It's sort of like when I used to climb up to Mommy and just she'd put her arm around me. I felt so safe. That's what it feels like. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. Here come the sneak attacks. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of destruction that lays at noonday. We all know this part. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you see the reward of the wicked, because... Hilde has made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High my dwelling place. And then it talks about angelic protections in verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. So in airplanes, on (laughs) I-45, or anywhere that you go, there are angelic beings there to protect you. Of course, there are conditions. You are abiding close. You are in the word and staying close to him. Ah. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpents you shall trample underfoot. That's all demonic. You shall trample it under your feet. Say, he's under my feet. feet. The The devil's under my feet. Because we are seated in heavenly places, right? So if we are seated in heavenly places and we are looking down, what are we looking down on? The works of darkness. We put them under our feet, under the devil's. We put his feet. We put our feet on top of his neck, just like David did. And we chop off his head with the word, it is written. Fear not. Take your hands off my mind. I am not going in that direction. I'm going to live and not die. You can't take my finances. When my bills come in, there's going to be money to pay for it. And if I need to get a job, I'll get a job. And if I need to go to the doctor, I'll have money to pay the doctor bill. I'd rather go to the great physician. But if that happens, I can take authority over the works of darkness." Because Hilde has set her love upon God, therefore God will deliver me. I, Hildi, will set him on high because I have known his name. In other words, I'm inaccessible. He can't touch me. Can't reach me when I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. And here's the prayer. His presence His position and authority grants me access to what we can't get on our own. Hildy shall call upon God, and God will answer her. God will be with me in trouble, and He has been and will be. God will deliver me and honor me with long life. Long life. Long life, Ronnie long life, and he will satisfy me, show me his salvation, and with long life, with grace and dignity. Amen? Amen. Amen. So what's, what's, what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that we have so much in the word of God to use as a weapon against the works of darkness that come against us. I would say daily. I would say daily. You may not recognize it right away, but I know when I get up in the morning, if I don't say, good morning, God, and the devil doesn't say, oh, no, she's up awake again, there's gonna be trouble. <laughs> so the devil wants to keep you locked up with fear and doubts. That, did God really say that? Really, does he really say, I'm healed, or is that really just for other people? Did he really say he'll supply all of my need according to his riches and glory? Amen. I think so. I read that. Hallelujah. Three, have confidence in God's word for you. That's why I like to make some of this, like the Psalm 91, personal. Put my own name in there. And, and I'll say that with a lot of the Psalms. 2 Peter 1, 2 says we have exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly great and precious promises. And they're going to multiply grace and peace to us in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. And sometimes uh, when we pray, we don't get an answer right away. Do you all the time? Uh, I don't. So that's when I have to add the fruit of the spirit. Patience. I've been told I have a bulldog tenacity. That means when I grab a hold of something, I don't let go. You know. And uh, when I get the word of God in me, sure, I might need some outside support. I might need some prayer help. But I'm not going to let go of the word of God no matter what the situation is, if I don't understand what happened, so do I have to know? Do I have to understand? No, I'm going to trust in the Lord. Have patience and don't don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. Remember Isaiah fifty-five eleven. Anybody? No. Okay. His word shall not return void. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void. But it will accomplish that which I please and purpose and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Hallelujah. Void means without producing any effect at all and means useless. And so we don't want to give up on the words that we're speaking because if we're speaking the word of God, it cannot fail. It goes forth, might take a little while to get your answer But if you hang in there and you're persistent, it will come to pass. Has anybody had a testimony like that? Number four, stay in God's love. Now, that is the toughest thing I have ever heard, to stay in God's love. His love, though, is manifested through Jesus Christ and the anointed one is actually the love of God. So who comes to live on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit when we're born again? Jesus, yeah, Holy Spirit, God the Father, and all of his qualities, his entire nature comes into our being when we are born again. And along with that comes the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And one of those is not only patience and joy, Love. Say, I am a love being. being. Say it again. I am a love being. God's on the inside of me, and uh, it doesn't depend on my emotions or how I feel or what I see or if I'm just so adorable. I'm just so lovable. I just ooze love. Now, I'm manifesting Jesus Christ because of who is in me. It's agape love. So, he doesn't love us just so that we can make him feel good. He loves us unconditionally. I've heard people say that a mother's love is unconditional. It may be, it may be. I've also heard people say it's very selfish. It's my baby. It's my baby walking. It's my baby talking. It's my baby going to school. It's my, you know. And that to me sounds a little bit like it's more focused in here. Selfishness sometimes comes from there. God's love doesn't depend on what you do. It doesn't depend on how you've been in the past. It depends on who He is. It's His love. His love is unconditional. First John 4.18. We are perfected in love. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors, and expels every trace of terror. You watch the news sometimes. You've heard of what happened, I guess it was last week in, where was that, Colorado? And today in California? um, San Bernardino, yeah. So we can have a temptation to become terrorized because we see these horrible things that have happened and they seem to be happening happening sporadically throughout our nation. And the thought may come, ah, I I don't think I'll go to the mall, I don't think I'm going to go to the grocery store, I don't think I'll go to school because the devil wants you to live in that fear. But the word says there is no fear in love. So full-grown, complete love will not happen until we're with God. But there is a process that we need to go through to get to that place where we can take every trace of terror and throw it away, because uh, fear brings a thought of punishment. And with that, he who is afraid has not reached full maturity. So what do you do? Well, you stay in the word. You stand on the word. Uh, we stay in his love. How? By obedience. We become obedient to the word of God. Now, that word perfect in the Greek is telios, T-E-L-E-I-O-S, which means it has re- reached a certain end, Okay, It is finished. It is completed. I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it. And he's working on me. Remember that song? He's so working on me. (laughs) Anyway, who... See, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. I'm a world overcomer. Anybody else? Yes. Okay, wake up. Say, I am a world overcomer. I defeat devils and demons. He's under my feet. Fear shall not come nigh me. Because his love is on the inside of me. And I'm being perfected in that love. Mm-hmm. And so, perfect love is the fullness of his love on the inside, which removes all fear and terror. And that love is so strong, it casts out and destroys the fear of death, the fear of lack, the fear of terror or judgment, and the fear of ISIS. Those fears will torment, and they're inconsistent with his perfect love. Being in God, in the word, abiding in us, puts us in a victor position instead of a victim. We don't want to be victims of terror, do we? We don't want to be a victim of fear. We are victorious. God has said we are victorious. We are overcomers. How do we overcome? By the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. So watch the words that you speak. Don't say, I'm afraid I'm catching the flu. Don't say, I'm afraid to go outside today. It's a little bit snowy or icy. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Although, when I see it on TV in different places, it doesn't look so good because they always show the accidents, you know. <laughs> anyway, we need to learn to release that love not only to others, but to yourself. I remember 30 years ago, believe it or not, when the Spirit of God gave me that Damascus Road experience, and it was like liquid love just oozed all through me, and I knew right from wrong. It was like there was a line drawn. And I knew I had to go in this direction with God. And that was the only choice I had, as far as I was concerned, because of the love. Did all that healing from all those years of losses and pain and fears and all that kind of stuff. And that liquid love is available to all of us. It's on the inside of us. It it was just like warm honey or something. And my body was tingling with the light and the glory of God. and I didn't even know what it was, but it was the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think I started to leave my body. And I couldn't speak in English. And... uh, People around me didn't know what was going on, so they just started grabbing me and praying over me, and it kind of brought me back down to earth, I guess you could say. (laughs) But anyway, acts of kindness. You know, towards your husband, towards your wife. Uh Uh-huh. Acts of kindness make a big difference, even if you don't feel like it. That's not what love is. Love is, I'm not going to put coal in your stocking this year. <laughs> an Maybe an apple, yeah. I'm not re- going to remember the time you said so-and-so to me because I've forgiven you and i am almost forgotten what it was. <laughs> there wasn't anything there. But acts of kindness, you know, uh, those of you that like to to bake, make some cookies for somebody. Uh, Bring a can of pumpkin pie stuff over to somebody's house that doesn't have much. I mean, acts of kindness. What was it they used to do in the cars? Pay it forward. You'd go up, you'd get your McDonald burger, and you'd say, and I'll pay for the guy in back of me. We should be doing stuff like that and uh, just tell him merry christmas or something you know just tell him that acts of kindness that's the kind of love that you see as jesus walking around healing people touching people loving people correcting people teaching the word in john 17:26 he says and I have declared to them your name. He's talking to the God, the Father, and talking about the disciples. And he's saying, and I will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. That's love, isn't it? Put your hands on where your spirit is. I stir up my spirit. Say it. I stir up my spirit in the name of Jesus. Rise up, Spirit of the living God. Help me walk in love and not in defeat and not in fear. Help me recognize every time the enemy tries to come against me. In Jesus' name. I have another... um, Anybody back there? Can you put up the declaration of faith? Oh, okay. They're ahead of me. Good. All right. You can see that. This is what I would like to do. Let's declare it together. Okay? I am anointed of God to live in this day and age. It is no accident I am alive today. God has chosen me to be a part of this special generation so I can shine his glory and power into the darkness that exists in so many places and in so many people's lives in this hour. I will not allow fear to paralyze me or intimidate me. I am fully equipped by the Holy Spirit to live in these times, and I'll do my part to bring his authority, his peace, his rule, and his glory into every place where Satan wants to bring harm, danger, and fear. Amen. Father, I thank you for the word that's gone out tonight. I thank you for these lovely people that have come out um, to hear and, and be filled with more of the word. Let's pray for Pastor Albert. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our Pastor Albert Hale. We thank you, Father, that he is already healed by the stripes on Jesus' back and he receives his healing No weapon formed against him shall prosper, for his righteousness is of the Lord. And you sent your word and healed. By the stripes on Jesus, he has been and is healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.